to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies of the past and present. We are your hosts. I am Richard, and with me are Jolian. Howdy. And Will. Hello. And so we're going to get right into um, talking about Phantasm 2. This was Will's choice at the end of the show last week. Yes. So I I hadn't seen this in a long, long time. I don't know that I've seen it more than once. Uh, I saw it in a hotel room in Kansas, a tiny little town, <laughs> after driving all day uh, with my parents and an aunt, I think. Did you pick and up any hitchhikers? No, but we started <laughs> shortly after Grandpa's funeral and had no idea what this movie was. Oh, shit. And was just, we couldn't turn it off because it made no sense. <clears throat> And I had not, I had no idea of Phantasm One, <laughs> so it was, it was a lot of fun to rewatch it. Wow, that's ideal. Yeah. Funeral road, and see Phantasm Two. Yeah. Did you have a quadruple-barreled shotgun in the car at all? No, it only had three barrels. Oh, okay. We were, we were. Not as well-to-do as some. <laughs> well, you know, not everybody can spring for the extra barrel. <clears throat> Did anybody else think that uh, Reggie there looked like Dean Norris from Breaking Bad? <laughs> now that you say it, yeah. <laughs> that's all I could think of. He popped up, and I was like, that's not Dean Norris, is it? It's Hank. <laughs> it's Hank. It's Uncle Hank. But no, it's it's not. Because I don't think he'd be that old looking. No. Uh, whenever this came out, um, 1988. That's what's interesting about this is that this was really sort of a, I, I assume it was a drawn out project. Um, it seems like that's how Don Coscarelli works. Nothing is done quickly, there's a lot of things that take years to make. From what I read, the. They had a lot of problems with Universal because oh. Universal wanted to give them a big budget, but wanted uh, both of the leads recast. That's why you got one new guy and one returning yeah, member. Yeah, he managed to compromise them. Mm-hmm. Keep one. And it sounded like there was uh, a lot of problems on the set. I'm I'm not really sure. I didn't read a whole lot into it, but. They didn't. They didn't want to spring for all four barrels on the shotgun. So, yeah, you know, the, those are where the negotiations always seem to break down. Mm-hmm. Well, they did spend some money on the opening titles. I thought those looked really sharp. Well, it was um, three million dollar budget, which was uh, like the lowest of the decade for Universal, but <laughs> it was like ten times the original's budget. Yeah, that was just the wind. <laughs> It actually was. It was just a bang at the door. <clears throat> yeah, I forgot to close the screen door. Okay. We'll edit that out. If it does it again, I'll go out and close it for real. So um, what did you think of the opening with the girl with the gas stove? Oh, that was fantastic, yes. The uh, 
they just throw you into it. You don't really know what's going on at all. I I wanted to go back and wa- rewatch it because I believe uh, Reg there is playing the guitar and he sets it down. I don't think the guitar is there when they come back downstairs in the first scene, but. Yes, yes. When when they cut back to the fireplace, there's things being moved around. Yeah, and, and missing. <clears throat> yeah, the guitar is clearly not there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I meant to go back and rewatch, but yeah, that stuff moves around more than the uh, possessed stuff in Evil Dead Two. <laughs> well, they, they had a limited time because they they bought this house that was going to be destroyed. Didn't they? That's right. For like two hundred bucks or something, and and uh, so they they had one take to get this thing, and they probably had a really limited amount of time to get it done. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That, this is the second movie we've talked about where there was a house that was going to be destroyed. Mm. You buy a cheap house. Yeah. And you make your movie there. And then if you want to blow it up with a gas stove or, uh, you know, kick the windows in with a bunch of zombies or whatever it is you're <laughs> going to do. This thing uh, really, really reminded me. Uh, well, I shouldn't say reminded me of, but. I believe the person who came up with the supernatural TV show must enjoy this movie because they have a big black car and <laughs> they're kind of everyday average guys. It is kind of the teen dream, isn't it? To just cruising around in a badass car. Yeah, it, it reminds me of the end of, um, did you see this uh, Salem's Lot TV yes. movie? Yes. Evidently, that's, that's where they got the idea. Oh, okay. Was they were big fans of... Uh, so it kind Salem's of lot. takes that road horror mm-hmm. trip idea and runs with it. Yeah. Now, it's it's been a long time since I have seen the first Phantasm movie. And I know that Coscarelli recycled this footage. I'm assuming he recycled this part where um, young Mike is mm-hmm. uh, in his room and then he sees the tall man in the mirror. Yeah, and they, they, had, a, they had a girl play him from the back. Oh, really? To match the age. Oh, okay, yeah. Because obviously he changed a lot in 10 years. So. Yeah, as as you would. Yeah, I almost went back and watched the first one and then didn't get around to it. Well, this this bit with um, the tall man and he yells, Boy! <laughs> I think that's great. Um, what exactly, is that one of the dwarves that smashes its hands through the mirror yeah. and grabs him? Is one that... of the minions. Yes, the Jawas. Yes. They totally look like Jawas, didn't they? They did. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to spiral off into Star Wars stuff, I swear. Thank you. Star what? <laughs> uh, back in the 70s. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jaws. Oh, no, not Jaws. Jawas. Cut <laughs> 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 Jaw- this. didn't work. <laughs> Jawas is the prequel to Jaws. <laughs> Jawas. Jaw will be. <laughs> So, um, so we get this whole thing with, uh, the, uh, the dwarves with their, it also, you know what? It also looks like the mob rules album cover from uh, black Sabbath. Yes. They had a bunch of cloaked figures on the front of that. Right. They look kind of dwarfy. One of the stunt dwarves is, uh, Felix Silla who played Tweaky on Buck Rogers. Oh. Yeah. And he was one of the brood. Oh yeah. The, the it felt a lot like the brood. In fact, well, I mean, just the kitchen scene. Okay. It it no, it's it's not this. <laughs> We're not going to compare Coscarelli to Cronenberg that much. <laughs> but 
it, it was like they're in the kitchen, they're jumping out of nowhere. Then there's more of them. I don't know. Kind of felt like the brood. Yeah. What came first? <laughs> yeah. The, well, the brood was 78, uh, 79. Oh, okay. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So they definitely had the jump on uh, this. Okay. So Reggie, Reggie defeats one of the uh, cloaked figures, the dwarves. And he does his little trick with the gas stove, puts out the pilot lights and fills the place with gas. Really fast. Really, really fast. fast. Runs upstairs, jumps out a window. Yep. And then <laughs> the most magnificent explosion ever. Yeah, that's a good explosion. Yeah. And we, uh, what I like about that is we get this great kind of silhouette, this in and out of silhouette of the tall man, is he looks so sinister. I think that's pretty cool. And he's, he's, when he does that shot where he's standing behind the hearse and he turns around and the explosion goes off behind him, that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he probably wasn't that young then. I mean, he's 89 years old now. They put up a big piece of glass. No, I'm not kidding. They put up a big piece of glass between you and the explosion. Hmm. If you watch, uh, not to bring up Star Wars, but Return of the Jedi, one of the explosions, you can see the reflection on the glass oh. that is protecting Harrison Ford from this big explosion that's right behind him. Right, right. So you know what else they use to protect Harrison Ford from using glass? Cobras. Yes. Yeah, I saw the glass yes, in that yes. cobra scene. Yeah. <laughs> <True>. yeah. <clears throat> but like, like uh, when we did the um, when they did that big explosion in Godzilla, we had to stand all the way down the end of the street, and then they had they you know there was just stuntmen at the up the at the uh, you know the far end, all rigged up, and it's like people had to clear quite a, quite a way away from it. Yeah, they so don't. I'm really surprised. Like a, the lead actor was that close. Yeah, I mean, obviously they don't want anyone to get hurt, but they also don't want to get sued. So, <laughs> hence safety first. Or you film all those scenes right at the end, if you think someone's going to get hurt or killed. Yeah, <laughs> make sure you have the rest in the can before you set up the stunt. Because he's six foot four. If anything came flying out of that house, he'd be the first to yeah. go. <laughs> he's, he's a bigger target yeah, for yeah, the debris. He'd be like three foot two by the end of it. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I, I did uh flashback weekend in Chicago two years ago and uh, they had a phantasm reunion. Oh, they had all the main actors and Don Coscarelli. Angus Scrim was there, the guy who plays the tall man. Yeah. And I was out and I just had a, a small space with a, with a table and a couple of easels behind it selling my artwork. And I came around the end of my table and I was straightening it up and I turned and was face to face with the tall man. Wow. Now he's not as tall as he used to be because he's, he's fairly old, but he's still 6'2 or thereabouts. Mm -hmm. And it was weird. It was kind of like that Ooh, moment. <laughs> Did he say anything? He said, boy! <laughs> no, he, he didn't. Uh, and then my friend Dean went and got uh, an autograph. Dean said, should I go to Tracy Lords and get her autograph? Or should I go to Angus Scrim? And I said, well, <laughs> you've got a better chance of seeing her at 10 more of these things than Angus. So you should go see him. And that's, I don't mean that in a bad way. You know, it's just, you've been on the planet almost 90 years he did take a flying ball to the head, and it didn't seem to affect him much. So. <laughs> That's right. 
So, uh, so Dean had one of my Christopher Walken shirts on. I have the spiral, the hypnotic spiral with Walken's oh, face yeah, in the middle. Excellent. And Angus Scrim looks up and says, is that Christopher Walken on your shirt? <laughs> and then he signed, he signed the picture for Dean. Boy. <laughs> nice. Which I don't know whose idea that was, but, but he's great. I mean, he's, he's clearly, unless you're a big Reggie fan, I think Angus is the best part of the movie. Reggie's very likable. Yeah. yeah. He's so sinister. This is where we find out that Mike has been recast. Because we get more voiceover from the girl uh, from the very beginning, uh, saying that she feels Mike uh, psychically out there in the world, and she can feel the tall man getting closer. And then we cut to Mike telling the people at, what is it, the Morningwood Psychiatric Hospital? Yeah. He's telling them what they want to hear. And we see it's James LaGrosse. So oh, yes. They said, we need some dashing, promising, handsome lead actor. Did, did uh, Brad Pitt audition for this? I, I read that somewhere. I really? believe that was the case. Wow. Yeah. Imagine what could have been. <laughs> you get all sorts of people turning up in these, don't you, from the, the 80s, you know? Yeah. You know what was great George, about that? George Clooney was in... What, Return to Horror High. And Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Mm. And then finally, from Dusk Till Dawn, I was and in... And a... The Scariest Facts of Life. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I shudder thinking about that one. I was in a movie theater in Hawaii when... Uh, uh, it, it was probably the second or third weekend that From Dusk Till Dawn was was out on the mainland, but it finally it hit the theater in the town I lived in. And I remember all of these women who clearly had a crush on that hunky George Clooney had gone to see this movie. A lot of them left about halfway through because <laughs> he, he plays this, you know, charismatic, but awful murderer guy. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing just uh, spoiler alert, skip forward 15 seconds. If you don't want to know what happens in the middle of from dusk till dawn, ready? Uh, it turns out to be a vampire movie. And a lot of them got the hell out of the theater. It was great watching the Exodus. A little sidetrack there. A little sidetrack. Yeah. Vampires, you say. Va- vampires. Wait, has it been more than 15 seconds? Yeah, I believe so. I've hopefully spoiled this 20-year-old movie. <laughs> so if any of those women gave birth within a year of seeing that, those kids would be old enough to drink now. So yeah, we're not going to worry too much about spoilers. We shouldn't. If the movie could have 21-year-olds. Okay. So uh, so I guess all you have to do is tell the people at the psychiatric hospital what they want to hear, and you're free to go, right? Pretty much. So that stuff works? That's how yeah, it works. Yeah, there's no board that gets together. and No. Yeah. No special tests or anything? No. Just, uh, well, there's the door. You can go. So they let him out of his straitjacket, and he's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's the first thing you do when you get out of the psychiatric hospital to show everybody that you're perfectly normal? Um, what did he do? He dug up some graves. Oh, that's right. And go grave digging. Yeah, he digs up six in one night. That's some going. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who has done some digging, yeah. I will say that's a lot of digging. Was it grave digging? Never got to do any grave digging that wasn't oh. uh, for a hamster or something. Oh. No, it was mostly concrete work. But it's... Uh, yeah, digging's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, I've done road digging as a summer job and things. It's, it's not fun, is it? No. What a terrible job. What are they called, ditches in England? <laughs> you can call them ditches. Okay, ditches. Just, just checking. 
<laughs> thought we should touch on that because we didn't get any questions for the Englishman this time. <laughs> we should have come up with something good, <laughs> some good name, you know. Yeah, I could uh, edit that out if you want to. Oh, if you want to redo, sorry. I'm not good at improv, <laughs> as, as everyone knows by now. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, to show your sanity, you dig some graves. Yeah. Yep. yep. Dig them back up. Yeah. And I think that's where Reggie finds Mike. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys probably understand the three-act structure better than I do. Uh-huh. I, I really feel like whenever I hear someone talking about a movie, well, in the second act, this happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. It The whole thing just kind of blurs together for me. So is this probably the first act? Um, is the grave digging going into the second act? That's probably still the first act. So it's when, probably the first it, it act. it brings the characters together and then they set, when they set off, that's the second. Okay. So when they hit the road. Okay. That makes sense. So we're getting pretty close because they don't, they don't get very far to uh, reuniting Mike with all the uh, family that have uh, missed him while he's away. Because when they pull up to the house, what do we get? Mm. And he gets that flash of, he gets that kind of a vision yeah, mm-hmm. and we get the another house explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they recycled the same one. I was wondering that too. I think they did. The, let's like film it from three angles and yeah, I, th- I think I they must have. It's like, well, we'll paint this side a different color and yeah, <laughs> it's a different house. Yeah, well, that's what we're to believe. So uh, there we go. So they're they're trying to head home to meet with the family, and the family gets exploded in another house explosion. Now, if they were smart, they would just, I don't know, what would you do to be safe from your house exploding? <laughs> Live in a tent? Yeah. I don't know. Look out for the smell of gas. Yeah. I mean, they make it smell on purpose, so you mm-hmm. know when it's coming. So this is where the second act must take place, because the guys are um, suddenly at the funeral. Let's go, Mike. We've got things to do, and they're speeding along in the Hemikuda. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like the Hemikuda. I think it's a 71. 71. Yeah. 71, 426. It's 426 cubic inches of power. <laughs> of power. <laughs> anyway, it's powerful. They're speeding along, and uh, it becomes pretty clear that they're hunting the tall man, because clearly this was the work of the tall man. Now, what if they were mistaken and it was just an accident? Well, you know, the tall man's still guilty of earlier crimes. Mm-hmm. Even if they were mistaken on this latest house explosion. Uh, <laughs> in a series of house explosions. Yeah, they're, uh, they're still justified in going after him. It's like the boy who cried wolf. You blow up a house, mm-hmm. all subsequent house explosions are, your, you know. That's the tall man. Yeah, you're guilty. So uh, the guys are suddenly in what appears to be an old school hardware store. And for our younger listeners, this is what hardware stores, some of them looked like. We're in an age now of Home Depot and Lowe's and places like that. These grubby little places with all kinds of odds and ends that you could buy. Yeah. They're still out there. We've got one near us. Yeah. There's a true value up there. You could still get these weird little fixtures and doodads. But not a wall full of shotguns. Is this where... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they buy all the guns. and They've got the shopping cart with like the flashlights hooked on the front like headlights. <laughs> <laughs> Very inconspicuously cruising the aisles shopping. Yeah. What I like about this 
is they, instead of just getting a bunch of actual weapons like machetes or whatever, they create these makeshift weapons. The quadruple-barreled shotgun, mm -hmm. the propane tank flamethrower. Yep. And you're thinking, well, you know, this is in the this is in the name of the greater good. They've got to go out and slay the tall man by whatever means necessary. So they're tooling up to do this. But then what does Reggie do at the end? He throws a bunch of money in the old timey cash register. Yes. Yeah. Because he's a good guy. He is. Yeah. He's he not going to rip off some mom and pop. Yeah. Home. He was a hardworking ice cream salesman. He knows mm. what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck. And we, we don't get to see him in his ice cream uniform in this movie. <laughs> no. Do they show that in the first one? I can't remember. I don't remember. I just know in this one he says, you were selling, you were an ice cream salesman. You're a middle-aged, bald ice cream man. Yeah. Or some <laughs> something shit like, that. like that. Yeah. How cool would it be if the, uh, if the Hemi Kuda had like the ice cream music? I think they should have just used an ice cream truck. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, probably guzzled just as much gas as a Hemi Kuda. Yeah. Yeah, if that's possible. I mean, that... Yeah, that car is going to get about six miles of the gallon or something. And if you needed money, you could just pull over and sell ice cream <laughs> to the kids in whatever town you're in. That's right. I mean, and you look totally inconspicuous. Oh, yeah. And kids love buying candy and ice cream from drifters. Of course. <laughs> I saw some guys in our neighborhood moving some plants using the uh, ice cream truck as a... Uh, I don't know. Would you call that a ruse or a camouflage? I don't know. Hmm. It was pretty funny. They were never selling ice cream, but they were <laughs> they were transporting marijuana plants. Oh, okay. I thought you meant rubber trees or oleanders. No, I don't think these were ficuses. <laughs> I think they were sativas and indicas. Oh, right. So this goes to show that you can use an ice cream truck and get away with anything. Well, they they have a I think they have an ice cream truck in one of the Cheech and Chong movies. They do. It's called yeah. Nice Dreams. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It was, I'll I, take your word for it. You've yeah. not seen any of that. I've those? not seen any Cheech and oh, Chong. Oh man, you're missing out. I wonder. If, <laughs> I wonder if the rewatch totally ruins those movies. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I remember my folks took me to those when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't understand any of the drug stuff, but they were still pretty funny. Yeah, they, I don't think they ever played in England. I don't imagine. I don't. I don't think they played much here. I mean, they were popular enough, but mm -hmm. yeah, I heard of them. Yeah, and I've seen one of them. Is it Cheech? He turns up in quite a few things. Yeah, he turns up in quite a bit, including from dusk till dawn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's sort of like a barker out in front of the. Yeah, he's a good character actor. Yeah, he's in front of the titty twister. Um, there's a voiceover that comes up where you hear, um, an explanation that they spent a lot of time on the road, mostly in the Northwest. And, uh, it seems... Those voiceovers kind of fade out. Yeah. Like, the studio wanted it to be more linear and less, like, trippy than the first one, so they, like, made him do like, voiceovers and make it... Yeah, nobody could have any dreams, mm. they said. I Which is know. weird. Because that's the stuff is half of its dream logic. Yeah, yeah. But this uh, uh, this really kind of brings to mind a question: How do you feel about voiceovers in movies? Depends the movie. I mean, I've had people say, "Oh, it ruins Blade Runner," but it was the version I was, you know, first introduced to mm -hmm. was the one with the Harrison Ford voiceover. Yeah. 
which is so monotone and deadpan sounding. Well, you know, the greatest voiceover is uh, Sunset Boulevard, which mm. starts from a dead man floating in the pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. You can't top that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the in film noir, it, it works. Yeah. Like Double snap, indemnity, snapping. it works. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it, it always feels like it belongs to film noir, which is the reason that it kind of made sense with Blade Runner. Yeah, I could totally see why they'd have it in Blade Runner. Yeah. There's we, about 25 different versions of Blade Runner, aren't they? Yeah, including Wish You Were Here, Blade Runner. Did we ever talk about that? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> we did mention it last time. <laughs> I just want to make sure any of our listeners from Brazil or the Netherlands, <laughs> that in case, you know, in case it seems like we glossed over it. Um, so the tall man leaves quite the path of destruction behind him. He does. And in in this uh, voiceover, it says something about small towns being like people. Some get old and die a natural death, and some get murdered. So that was uh, that was kind of interesting because when they show the wreckage, it's like, um, wouldn't this be on the news? I don't know. Yeah, you would think so, but this was before television news, <laughs> before the twenty-four hour <laughs> news cycle, or the internet, or something. I don't remember. The eighties are pretty hazy at this point. Um, they, uh, said something in the voiceover about sometimes he sets traps for us. Mm-hmm. And then That's the next... really Salem's lot, isn't it? It kind of seems yeah. like it, doesn't yeah. it? And, and then, uh, the, my favorite visual other than Angus Scrim being, uh, silhouetted by that explosion is when they show this crane shot of all the graves that are dug up. Mm-hmm. It is really cool looking. And then the guys are walking on the little paths in between, mm. um, I thought that just looked really cool. I had not. I can't say I've seen that before. That's a good shot, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the funeral home that's all boarded up. Is uh, this where they go inside and find what's your name? Yeah. Well, you think they do. This is a fantastic thing. Okay, so the outside's boarded up and it has "Burn in Hell" written on it, like in red yeah. paint. And then uh, Reggie saws a big circle around the door handle and kicks it in that's right this movie had chainsaws in it yeah and there actually is a chainsaw duel later yeah i can't believe like when we were talking about chainsaw duels that this didn't come up well it's not a good one you know you you see the the saws meet once yeah i guess that's true you have to get a lot more sparks than that to really get our attention yeah and clearly it was forgettable because we all forgot it and they evidently wouldn't let the actor who played Reggie jump over the chainsaw. He did all his other stunts, and he really wanted to do that one, but they wouldn't let him <laughs> for insurance. You're too big of a star, see? We can't have you risking it. We'll film that scene last, and <laughs> yeah. then you can do it. <laughs> and then we're going to have you play one of the dwarves when we do and pick up scenes of the dwarves. Yeah. It's like, your arms are kind of long. Hold on. Um. So, uh, let's see. What happens then? Uh, they go downstairs? Yeah, Mike... Somebody fall- go- they're always going downstairs in these movies. Just stay out of the basement. <laughs> yeah, Mike has his flamethrower and kicks in the the door to the morgue. Yeah. And that's where he finds the um, cloaked figure that turns out to be a crying girl with her mouth taped shut. And then we were talking briefly about Cronenberg earlier. There's something very Cronenbergian happens to her back. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. It gets all... Yeah, it starts bubbling or moving, and then this big... Goopy, mouthy thing. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a tall man worm apparition. I mouth. guess. It's supposed to be tall man. It's your classic 80s goopy yeah, thing. puppet monster, isn't it? Coato. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was gross. Basket case. What, was it Was it demons where they had like a demon come out of the back of a, a girl in that one? Did they? Like mm. a really truly goopy demon. Yeah, I think it was. I don't remember. I think it, I, anyway. I think, I think I owe that one a rewatch too. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> There's also Night of the Demons, which yeah, has that's fun. That has the lipstick trick in it. Demons I didn't know much about, and um, but I, I saw the, the names associated with it. You know, Barbara and Argento. I thought, oh, I've got to go and see that. And I happened to be in Germany at the time and saw it. And it takes place in Berlin. Oh, nice! So it's like perfect. <laughs> so I was sitting perfect. in a the theater watching Demons. It was great. <laughs> Just loved it. Ah, yes. It's not the same on home video. No. Anyway. Some of these things aren't. I mean, some of these things need to be watched in a theater or in a group. Yeah, that one needs to be seen with a group. Yeah. Loud. Yeah, we keep talking about what is the what is the point of which you're officially insane for buying a TV that big? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like the more of your peripheral vision it fills up, the better off you are watching a movie. Yes. Because it saves you from sitting in an audience with a bunch of idiots <laughs> who are playing with their cell phones. Yeah, a bad audience can ruin it. Oh, but, totally. Uh, but a good audience. Yeah. Yeah. If everybody's kind of on the same sheet of music about stuff. Yeah. But uh, the Cronenbergian tall man goopy thing that comes out of the girl's back has this great line. He says, you play a good game, boy. Come east if you dare. Yes. And then, of course, Mike fires him up and burns... Him slash her. And uh, then it turns out it was just an illusion. Special makeup effects by Mark Shostrom. And what else has Mark done? Uh, So he did the first three. No, he did Phantasm 2 and 3. Okay. And he did uh, the first three Elm Street movies. Awesome. Problem Child 2. So he was (laughs) responsible for the the tongue phone. Yeah. Oh, was he? (laughs) And he did... The tongue uh, phone is fantastic. (laughs) He did the Beastmaster with... Uh, Coscarelli. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Coscarelli man. did direct that. Yeah. Beastmaster. Some of Mark Singer's best work. Yeah. <laughs> Some of Mark Singer's only work? I don't I know. I was going to say. Some of Mark Singer's work. <laughs> that's the quote on the back of the DVD box. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and Tanya Roberts in there as well. Uh-huh. Man, I watched Beastmaster probably three times a week when it came out on HBO. (laughs) That's all they played one summer. In between Soul Man showings. Yes, that was probably true. Soul Man and Beastmaster. That's honestly, for any of our listeners who think we're joking, we're not. No, HBO used to play, you know, two movies all summer. Yes, it's the summer of two movies on HBO. (laughs) I could put one the, of them is Soul Man. I could put Echo behind all this. <laughs> I've never seen Soul Man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're oh, it's... in for a treat if you choose to watch it. Have you ever seen The Hitcher? Is this one with, is it Michael Keaton or someone? No. no it's, it's C. Thomas Howell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not Michael Anthony Hall, but C. Thomas Howell. C. Thomas. C. Thomas, C. Thomas Run. Run. The, the guy who's in The War of the Worlds. 
the sci-fi channel version. I like to think of him as the guy who's in the hitcher. Okay. With with Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer. Yeah, that's a good. One. So if if you if you watch Soul Man first, and then you watch the Hitcher, you'll enjoy the Hitcher a lot more. <laughs> Watching him get terrorized, okay. you'll be like, "Oh, there's that little shit. He's getting what he deserves." <laughs> How did that movie get made? I which one? Soul Man. Soul Man. I don't know. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It it's, was only what thirty years ago. That yeah. movie was made. It's kind of. It. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it. We're watching that one next. Oh. That's our horror movie for next week, Soul Man. Horror bowl. <laughs> okay, back on track. What's happening in uh, Phantasm 2 at this point? So they, they've burned the back demon. They've burned the back demon. And then we uh, see Paragold, Oregon on a sign. And this blonde girl who turns out to be named Elizabeth is at a funeral with her grandmother. Um. She's there with her grandmother, not for her grandmother. Uh, apparently it's her grandfather's funeral. Yep. Okay. So they're in a funeral procession and uh, they pull up to what looks like it might be a house, but it actually turns out it's a funeral home that weirdly has quite the mausoleum in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It must be off the back of the house. The, yeah, chapel, it... the chapel looks like the one in the fog as well. It's got those big rafters. Yeah, it does. Beams. All kinds of buttresses and <laughs> hoob doublers and jing janglers <laughs> i don't understand those architectural terms <laughs> well you know i've read a lot of books <clears throat> so there's a sister or something who i think is named jerry has to catch a train out of town yes uh, okay so why'd they put her in this movie yeah i kept waiting for something <laughs> yeah she to doesn't come with back that. does she there, no. Nothing happens with that. Okay. So she makes a quick exit, I guess, because then that leaves mom and Liz there. Because yeah, they she took the car. Jerry took the car. I guess. I'm guessing. <laughs> That's the only thing I could figure out. I didn't really know why. She just ditched it at the train station and got the. Maybe it was a subplot that they cut. I, I feel so sorry for the mother as well. She has like the worst day ever. Oh, yeah. It just keeps going and going, gets worse and worse. Yeah, it's like, um, here's your husband's corpse that now has weird stitch marks in the mouth. Yeah. So he dies, and then she sees the priest skewer him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? What kind of... Uh, I've never been to a Catholic funeral, so... <laughs> well, it's pretty standard stuff. <laughs> oh, talk about... Uh, yeah, go to a Catholic wedding sometime where they do the full mass. Always. All kinds of repeating and standing up and sitting down and kneeling. You go and... to one in El Paso in August. Oh. <laughs> three hours, you'll, you'll... That never ends. I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Um, what are, where are we at now? Okay, so Jerry gets the hell out of town. We don't know why. And then... Because um, she's the, smart. Well, she's... Yeah, <laughs> she's the one character in this whole movie who's figured it out. I'm leaving. Yeah, let's just get as far from this crap as possible. Um, the, uh, the blonde girl, Elizabeth, uh, heads to the mausoleum. One of the little dwarf characters scuttles by, and she psychically beckons Mike. And Mike tells Reg that this girl's in trouble. We got to go. And then um, the pastor cuts to the pastor. I'm sorry. He's a priest. He's got the collar and everything, and there's crucifixes. So he's a priest. Um, he goes to this 
to this um to the dearly departed's coffin and he's kind of talking up at the crucifix and then he stabs what turns out to be grandma's husband grandpa yeah i guess we would call him grandpa wouldn't we yeah okay i believe that's the term so grandma walks in (laughs) sees this stabbing and then faints okay so (laughs) this completes part one of her worst day ever yeah yeah and then uh the the blonde girl Elizabeth sees a coffin that she's back in the mausoleum and she has this weird hat pin out for some reason. And the tall man startles her and says graveside service is about to begin. And she, she stabbed him with the pin and he pulls it out and licks this yellow goop from it. Mm-hmm. This is where we kind of figure out he's not just a bad guy and he isn't a ghost. He's a big sinister dude filled with yellow goop. <laughs> from outer space it seems that way doesn't it i think so it's from another dimension or, or something, another dimension Inter- hell is a dimension interdimensional beings the beyond mm-hmm. like bigfoot yeah <laughs> do you believe at all that bigfoot exists no julian no but you know, uh i hope he doesn't because if he did he'd be hunted down the poor guy yeah it'd be it terrible like for him it. Are there any mythical creatures in England? Any cryptozoology that uh, you could tell us about? Uh, yeah, there's, there's tons. There's like big cats, black I've read dogs, about. and the black big cats, dogs. and yeah, and up in Scotland you've got Nessie, and yeah, oh, definitely. Um, yeah, there's there's like a, a Bigfoot sort of thing in where I came from. A Bigfoot like, sort wild, of thing. Wild man, like a kind of caveman sort of uh, would run around the forest. It's like a medium old, foot. Old story. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a lot like average foot. Yeah. <laughs> he's a lot like Bigfoot, except for he has much better manners. <laughs> yeah. And sounds really charming when he howls. Yes. He's shorter. <laughs> a monocle and a top hat. <laughs> Little hobbit feet. <laughs> Okay, back to the movie. So the pastor is boozing it up because he's had a rough day too. Yeah. What with the, all the corpse stabbing that he had to do earlier. He should be used to that Catholic. Yeah, it's part of it's part of it's part of the ritual. It's part of the package. Yeah. And so he's boozing. Boozing, boozing, boozing. <laughs> you booze, you lose. Um, the door rattles, and of course the priest tells himself out loud. That it's just the wind, like we did earlier. Oh, yeah. Then he has some more booze, and there's a corpse in the doorway. Uh, And he looks through the little panel in the door that you can open. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you call that. Um, I don't know. The face door? (laughs) Peaky hall? (laughs) Maybe his house used to be a speakeasy or something. That could be it. What's the password? Swordfish. (laughs) It's always swordfish. I mean, it's worth a guess, right? Yeah. Hey, give it a shot. Let me in. Uh, the widow is having restless sleep, which um, when she hears something, she says her granddaughter's name and turns to see the corpse of her dead husband with stitch marks on his mouth. The day's gotten worse. Yeah. Officially. So she screams and it fades to black, and then we see the cuda again cruising along. And then... Uh, this is where we get Alchemy, the hitchhiker. Yes. Yes. So, Sammy, Sammy Phillips. Yes. So, Jolian, tell us about our attempt to get an interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. There's a, there's a great story about in-depth 
journalism and investigation. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I think I was. It was a thread with uh, Stephen Bissett, and it, Phantasm came up, and uh, I mentioned that we were going to do Phantasm Two next on our podcast, and then someone else said, "Oh, Sammy Phillips is on Facebook. You should contact her and uh, ask her some questions about the shooting." So. So I dutifully wrote to her and uh, and came, we have our answers right now. Questions, <laughs> so uh, we have a bunch of questions and we can so we can fire away. But uh, unfortunately, she never got back to us. Oh. We're not high on our she's on the road right now. Yeah, she she's like a DJ with Sirius XM and right. does all these events with Penthouse and things. Right. Yeah, she seems to um, have cashed in on on her looks a bit over the years. I oh, shrug, don't which we shows up on the podcast fine. Yeah. <laughs> I can put in sound effects. <laughs> uh, people will be like, you let the dog back in the studio? <laughs> so Mike thinks that he's having a dream, uh, this girl, because he remembers her as a naked corpse. Nope, not a dream. Naked corpse is not a corpse and she's in the back seat. She was pretty good at doing a corpse. She was. You couldn't see her breathing. She stayed perfectly still. I, I I read a comment that you can see a leg moving in one second, but mm. I, I didn't see it. Who's looking at her leg? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, so it's not a dream. It's this girl. She's in the car. And then... Uh, I wish she had more of a speaking part. She's got an excellent voice. She does. She's got a, like a raspy voice and... She's got a good dirty laugh. She, <laughs> Does she? Do, she doesn't get to say much at all. No, I thought she'd be in this more. No, it's the Reggie show. It's, it's all about the middle-aged bald guy who sells ice cream. Yeah, as it should be. How does he get the... Uh, is it insurance money from all the exploding houses that he can afford this car? Yeah, I don't know how he affords that car. No. I mean, it wouldn't be as awesome if they were cruising around in a beat-up Ford Taurus, but... Uh, more believable it would be more believable yeah with a tall man and everything being so rooted in reality when i watched uh, (laughs) mad max fury road which is which is awesome but i i couldn't help thinking you know that the most precious thing there is is petrol Mm -hmm. they're fighting over petrol and, and what do they drive they drive like muscle cars and they don't just drive muscle cars they pile muscle cars on top of them and then they put steel fortifications around them they must be the, the least efficient oh vehicle yeah you could possibly and then have. they race them around yeah they yeah. drive as fast as they can you'd think the first vehicle they would buy in the post-apocalypse would be a, a nice hybrid or something like that something sensible a whole army of smart cars yeah yeah it's like a swarm yeah it's not like one big, bombastic, horrible spiked vehicle it's yeah. like a bunch of little gnats a big, big swarm of gently humming electric Little cars, family cars. Yeah, yeah. What, what's easier to escape? One shark or a thousand piranhas? <laughs> hmm. Can you punch a thousand piranhas in the nose? No. Okay. <laughs> I think I've made my point. <laughs> if they all stood in a line, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> one at a time. Anyway, back to plan nine. Yes, so uh, Vampire oh, comes out of the crypt. that's what I was going to say. Plan nine is a lot like this. <laughs> we, you know, here is a interdimensional extraterrestrial being right. raising the dead real real angus scrim would be awesome if he, he said like you stupid stupid boy <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool 
Uh, quick write (laughs) yeah you better get filming soon yeah write this down we need this in part five yeah uh so uh, what were we watching again uh phantasmagoria oh phantasmagorical that's a great word that comes up in the beastmaster trailer really yes i have to watch it you're going to experience something so phantasmagorical yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Beastmaster trailer. I could be wrong. Okay. We'll look that up. Anyway. We'll uh, cut all this. Yeah, we will, totally. The show's only 15 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> we record several hours. The, the more we cut out, the more clever we sound. <laughs> cut out all the errs and ums. <laughs> That's me cut out completely. <laughs> Let's just not record and we'll be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just put on werewolf ambulance and pretend it's us. Yeah. <laughs> Another shout out to Werewolf Ambulance. <clears throat> they really are great. Yeah. You know who else I really enjoy is the movie Crypt? No, no, I'm not listening listen to, to them. I'll have to listen oh, to them. They're more about the making of movies. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're from the movie maker viewpoint. Interesting. We have a bumper and a Q&A that I asked a question and they answered. Uh, Adam Green answered. We'll run that sometime. Hmm. Sometime when one of us can't make it. You know, somebody has laryngitis or some other such sitcom trope. Put on a put on Soul Man or something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll just then, then I then I can bow out and <laughs> stick we'll, it into. We'll put on the trailer to Soul Man and then we'll we'll just string together a bunch of we'll audio. Just cut out audio of C. Thomas Hal and fit it into the answers. <laughs> I think that'll be great. So the guys uh, and Alchemy they're cruising along in the in the Barracuda. Alchemy offers the guys a room to stay at her uncle's B&B. Elizabeth is walking through a graveyard at night and sees a grave marked Alex Murphy. Did you catch this? Yes. <laughs> what was it, Will? I was hoping someone would see this. It's RoboCop. It's RoboCop's grave. Yeah. Why the fuck would you bury RoboCop? Well, he had a grave. Maybe they just buried the bits. Oh, okay. Because they, they pretended he was dead. <laughs> they buried his bits. <laughs> All the bits that got shot off. Which was most of him, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It was quite a bit. Yeah. They really did a number on RoboCop. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, so it was. And do you remember who did the special effects on that? Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin, which when I first... Someone gave me the poster to this when it came out to video stores. And I saw special effects by... Rob Botten? Rob, Rob, Robotten? Oh, come on, that's a fake name. Turns out it's not. It's Rob Bottin. Rob Bottin. Uh, I thought it was a made-up name. They're being cute. Rob Botten. Robot. Man. You ever notice how old people say robot? Robot. Yeah. It's because it was different in the 40s. <laughs> it was. All right. I'm not going to lose my job to a robot. Yeah, they used to say that back in the 50s, because like in the, robot. the brain eaters, they say... Robot. Robot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, there was something else about that that was interesting. Was there? <laughs> there was. <laughs> Can't be that interesting because we're what? not talking about the movie. Yeah. There's no, been no interest so far. <laughs> Can we just stop talking about this damn movie already? <laughs> All right, let's cut to the end. Although I want to stop and say the priest ear gets cut off, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> the house blows up the end. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> Oh, shit, they blew up another house. Well, this isn't my favorite Coscarelli movie. I, I really like the first Phantasm. I'm going to have to rewatch it. Beastmaster. Um, uh, Baba Hotep. Baba I Hotep's love Baba Hotep. 
All right, let's dutifully go back into the movie. All right, so the guys in Alchemy find a burned-out house. Surprise, surprise. Um, the neighborhood is wrecked, and she leaves to go check it out. She doesn't have a clue as to how to get in, but Reg has a chainsaw. So, mm. you know, that's yeah. what... Uh, it's like the sonic screwdriver. For right, right. Yeah. It's, it's what Sawyers call uh, the keys to the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what homeless people call bolt cutters. Really? Mm. Yep. Keys to the city? Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, homeless kid told me that. Uh, Reg gets in with a chainsaw. Yay. Um, Elizabeth is stalking around the funeral home, so we're kind of cutting back and forth here. And uh, Reg sets up a grenade Budweiser can booby trap. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So more more stuff. That Stuck you... to the... It's attached to the door, right? Yeah, so it'll blow the front of your house off if anyone comes in. Yeah. I think Reg is having less and less appreciation for a house after he's seen so many of them explode. <laughs> he doesn't care. He, 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 he sort of regards them as like Bic lighters. It's like, eh, I'll get another one. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the Mullet Twins. Okay. These are my favorite characters. Oh, the, the Undertakers. Yeah. They've got these great kind of mullets. Uh, little cotton gloves. Like the uh, Paul Bearer gloves. Um, so there's a mullet twin dealing with a body. Um, but it turns out he's draining the blood out and putting the yellow goop in, which is the same yellow goop that seemed to be inside the tall man. Okay. Uh, do either of you have any idea what this crap is? Just like extra dimensional blood. Apparently, right? Yeah, I don't know what it is. Some kind of ectoplasmic goo. Because it's not like the green goo in uh, Reanimator, it doesn't. No, it, it revive people. So is it step one in turning them into a um, minion? Minion, yeah, I believe so. It seems like it. So you fill them with yellow goop and then you squish them down. Yeah. Now, if you squish them down first, you use less yellow goop. Yeah, but you can't squish them without the yellow goop. <laughs> oh, that's the catch twenty-two. Well, I, yeah. I don't. It's like if I apply logic here. I don't get why he doesn't make them all, because he has other other people called gravers or something. Yeah. Like the, they're like um, average size men, and they get a lot more henching done, but for most of the henchmen, he, he goes he with minions, the and they get thrown around by the women, and you know they they have to come at you twelve at a time to do yeah. any, any effective henching. Huh. Hmm. I don't know. He had a whole bunch waiting on the other side, so maybe there's just more yeah. minions than there are. It's the film's commentary gravers. on cheap labor. Like, I don't maybe, know. maybe, you know, you, you, you can't afford that much yellow goo. Oh, maybe. That and shit's expensive. You can get more henchmen <laughs> if he shrinks them down. <laughs> yeah, I, re I would love someone to sit down and try to bake total sense of this film <laughs> yeah go ahead try applying some logic to this movie well i, I, like, I like the first one because it, it kind of ignores that you, you get the feeling there is some logic there but it's yeah. so dreamy mm -hmm. yeah it is pretty weird this one's kind of normalized so much it's less like a music video yeah at this point they cut to the the cuda entering the cemetery gates and there is digging in pro in progress Mike explains that these are the workers who dig up the bodies for the tall man. And we cut to Elizabeth stalking around the mausoleum. 
the priest is there too. And it's like, hey, look, a fancy box. Well, nobody actually says that, but hey, look, a fancy box. It's this coffin looking case. Oh, balls. It's the balls. So we're 52 minutes into the film before we ever see the tall man's balls. <laughs> man. <laughs> and then they're flying all over the place. They are kind of the, you know, they are sort of the third build star of these movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got the tall man. Distant second, you got Reg. And right behind Reg. The, the, the flying balls. The flying balls. Mm. Why don't they call him the ball man? The ball man. <laughs> I mean, that would make more sense, wouldn't it? Uh, I mean, he is tall. Yeah. But he's got a lot of balls. This yeah. guy. This guy's this got a lot of balls. I don't know. So the uh, priest gets pricked and uh, hurries away, kind of blessing the, the, what do you call those doors? Where they got the coffins in the mausoleum. He kind of runs around blessing the mausoleum doors or the air around him, I'm not sure which. And the tall man appears behind him and says, they have no need of your services. And so the uh, priest asks him, who are you to question the word of God? And instead of answering him politely, the tall man strangles him with his own crucifix. Psychically. Yeah. I'm not going to compare him to Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> with his own crucifix. Yeah. yeah. Is that after he got his ear cut off? Uh, the ear hasn't been cut off yet. <laughs> all in good time. We save the best for last. Okay. So he telekinetically so strangles him. I want to hear him. all about that. But the tall man, every line he says is so choice. He doesn't walk around saying stuff. You know, he's not really talky when he says stuff. He's a man of few words. Yeah, but they have more impact that way. Mm -hmm. He says, you think when you die, you go to heaven. You come to us. Yeah, that's in the trailer. Yeah. Whoever us is. Yeah, we we don't know. Interdimensional beings. (laughs) They're not as condescending and snotty. I think it's funerals or us. Yeah. (laughs) It's grave robbers from outer space. Hmm. There is a tie-in, isn't there? There is. There is a pretty blatantly displayed upside-down crucifix as the uh, tall man is telekinetically, psychically strangling the priest and then drops him. He just drops him on the floor. There's a nice zoom to the uh, case and the silver balls come popping out and start flying around. Mm -hmm. As they want to do. Yeah. yeah, that's what the audience is waiting that's, for. That's what I was waiting for, for the whole time. 52 frickin' minutes we waited. <laughs> we finally I started it. thinking, like, maybe they weren't in this movie. Did they leave them out? Uh, do you remember these from the first one, like, being the most exciting thing? Like, oh, look at this crap. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, they were pretty cool. Do either of you have any idea how they made them fly? They were actual <laughs> interdimensional technology. <laughs> And now we have the iPhone. You can see the uh, wires in some of the shots. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. I don't remember that. Especially when uh, one of the twins gets nailed to a door. Oh, I remember that shot. The threads. Yeah. I'll have to watch that again. I thought maybe they were uh, cut in later. You know, it's probably better they weren't because they did actually look like they were on the same plane of reality as the actors. Well, you can see the, the camera crew reflected in them if you really want to. That I did notice, and one of them you can see. <laughs> and, and the guy was naked. 
<laughs> you ever see those pictures of like people's stuff they posted on eBay, eBay? and they're like reflected? Why were you taking the pictures nude? <laughs> what the hell? You've not no. seen those? Yeah. <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time on eBay. No, it's when someone notices one of those, they'll be like, hey, look at this nice shiny teapot this guy's selling. And look at the reflection. So the naked He's tall got man. No pants. Was it the naked tall man was reflected in the ball? The naked tall. <laughs> Night of the naked tall. Um, let's see. And there's a golden ball in this one. Does that turn up yet? I don't um, know. Pretty soon. Maybe I thought. Maybe I thought. Well, it that's was... at the end, isn't it? Okay, sorry. Oh, there, there's a there's a gold ball at the end. Yeah, it flies yeah. around yeah. a little bit before that, though. Does it? Okay. Then it it does show up and drills yeah. through one of the guy's backs. Yeah, it definitely gets the Undertaker at the end. Yeah. Oh, it comes and he's up. Is flopping around on the wall. Right. Yeah, it comes up through his throat and is halfway yeah. out of his mouth, and yeah. it looks like it's malfunctioning. Yeah. 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 Only got that far. It's in there going. Bzzz. And it had a laser, didn't it? Yeah. Yes. And it sounded uh, like a lightsaber. It was an upgrade. <laughs> uh, we don't want to talk too much about that other movie. It just keeps coming up. Maybe that's because everybody rips it off. It, yeah, yeah. So pervasive. Let's see yeah, what Star Wars I... didn't rip off anything. No. no, it was completely original. 100%. Uh, let's see. They cut to Elizabeth, and I wonder, how big is this place? It seems like it's pretty cavernous for just looking like a Victorian house. Mm. So it's got to be like this building has to come off the back of the house or is somehow attached. I don't she, know. She's got that 80s hair that all the guys in Los Angeles had yeah. at the time. Yeah, the men started having women's hair back then quite a bit. I don't know. Who do you blame for that? <laughs> poison yeah i think so <laughs> i do remember a couple of people thinking that their album look what the cat dragged in was a bunch of girls on the cover oh i don't doubt it no don't doubt it at all boy george was hard to figure out when i was a child yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that alice cooper woman holy crap no alice cooper never but boy george what is boy george <laughs> When, I, when you're in first grade, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like, you're not a boy at all, are you? The priest startles this girl, um, Elizabeth, and uh, and tells her he's harvesting the whole town and the balls are in flight. And this is the part where the priest loses his ear. I don't remember this part. Oh, okay. So just to refresh your memory, there's these, gr- these great chrome balls zipping around with blades sticking off of them. One of them cuts the priest's ear off. Ah. Made me think of Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I can they, see that. They never show the ear getting cut off. Yeah. No, no. It's all implied. Yeah. Hitch- yeah Hitchcock is to blame for this. <laughs> let's, l- let's be clear. Really? Yes. How so? Uh, he would imply Was things. psycho? Yes. <laughs> Probably before we'll that, never too. actually see the knife stick anyone? Mm. Correct. Same with Pulp Fiction, with the big needle. Yeah, true. <laughs> Did we ever talk about the board games in the background of that one? I don't think so. There's that room full of clutter behind them when they're doing the chest stabbing scene. Yeah. And there's a stack of board games, and one of them, they, they have Operation stacked on top of Life. Yeah, okay, I remember that. Yeah. 
profound. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> My favorite thing though is <laughs> is uh, Lance tells Vincent, and then you've got to stab her, and he 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 makes the stabbing motion three times. I got to stab her three times. <laughs> no, just go stab her once. I I I saw that with uh, uh, a friend from uh, West Virginia, and we were we were in uh, Japan at the time, and we were in this one of these upstairs cinemas. And uh, it, it, you know it's it's all black humor, and we were like laughing away. Now at the end of the film, we realized we were the only ones who'd been laughing. Everyone else in the theater had been taking it really seriously as this kind of you know lecture about gun violence in America or something. Oh boy! Yeah. They missed all the jokes. Yeah, it's, and you had to get this like a lift down to the ground, and uh, no one would get in the lift with us. <laughs> You're a psycho. Yeah, crazy Americans. This is this is how you knew you had to become an American. Yeah, you were laughing at gun violence. I felt the same way watching Sin City. I was laughing and no one else was. Oh, but that thing's hilarious. I don't understand. And at the end of one of the unmentionable movies that we're not mentioning, <coughs> with laser swords. Uh, yes. Man, I re- I don't remember what happened. At some point at the at the end of that, the emperor changes his face, and I thought I would have to leave the theater. I was laughing <laughs> so hard. That's uh, great, isn't it? I also laugh at really horribly violent things on the screen. Uh, or on the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on the street, of course. The bus is the best. but <laughs> the, the bus is a rolling insane asylum, is what the bus is. Oh, the bus up. The, the number 15. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. Does that go up and down Colfax? Yep. Oh, yeah. That would that would definitely be the rolling nut house. If there's any aspiring screenwriters out there, just get the 15 up and down Colfax. Just sit and take notes. That's all you got to do. So I left out the part where the priest gets drilled in the forehead, and that's pretty much it for him. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's, he's drilled in and dead. So Elizabeth... Um, Checks it out, uh, but then gets grabbed and thrown by the tall man. So he just kind of chucks her like a Barbie doll. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did did it look fake? Yeah. I thought it did. She was. It looked like wire work. Yeah. 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 So they, they should have like undercranked that or something. It would have looked better for sure. Like drifts over to a wall. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looked like some Freddy Krueger handling. So one of the one of the dwarves, one of the minions approaches and uh, kind of talks to her, and it's her grandmother's face, mm. and it drags her away, but she escapes. That's a good idea. I wish there'd be more of that where you see your people you remember. Yeah, turned into yeah, distorted. Yeah, it was pretty creepy. Yeah, but not creepy enough to put her off because Elizabeth knocks grandma the hell out. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she always just wanted to punch her grandma a good one in the face. Right. Finally, my opportunity. Now Bam. you're dead, I can really haul off on you. Don't want me to have any more of those ribbon candies or lemon cookies? Bam! <laughs> Maybe it's a good one to watch on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It's funny to me how many people don't get along with their families. <laughs> I always thought it was kind of an easy day. Don't have to go to work. A uh, bunch of people making food. Yeah. Um, let's see. So the girl falls into the grave where she meets Mike in a gas mask. And uh, they do their introduction. Why, why has he got the gas mask on again? 
I don't know why he's got the gas mask is on. He, is he disguising himself as one of the hench grave diggers or uh, something? Maybe. That could be what it is. Well, let's speaking of Mike and masks, you don't need a welding mask when you're using a flamethrower. Mm. No, you don't. But no. you should have safety goggles when you're using a chainsaw. You should. <laughs> and, of course, if you read the label on pretty much anything you buy, it'll tell you to wear safety goggles. So, eh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's merely a suggestion. It's merely a suggestion. <laughs> but you do not need to protect yourself from the brightness of a homemade blowtorch. No. no. It's, not, it's not an arc welder, and that's what those helmets are for. Okay, so uh, this is where they meet, and... Um, the three, the three of them, th- this includes Reg, they head to the car, and uh, then we cut to Mike lighting the fireplace with the flamethrower, which I thought was fairly ingenious. You know, it's kind of a good way to get it all going. How hard would it be to build a flamethrower? I think it would probably, well, it'd be pretty easy. I need a project, so. A uh, can of hairspray and a big lighter. Just oh, find yeah. a way to, to stabilize the two. To That's relay. always good. Yeah. It's a good way to get people the hell away from your doorway. Really? Oh, yeah. You have experience. <laughs> no, but I have a neighbor across the alley who has done it. Oh. They've shot a fireball out of their security door <laughs> to <laughs> tell someone to get lost. Wow. And it'll go about three feet. Yeah, that's, huh. that's pretty cool. That's yeah. A, that's a good idea because up to now I just suddenly open the door, hit them with a hammer. <laughs> well, pull them in and that's it yeah just, just tell the police they had a nail sticking out of their forehead and then you had to take care of it <laughs> well it ricocheted off but it was there i swear is this movie done yet uh, i have to say while watching this there were times where i felt like i had i guess i just tuned it all out <laughs> and then i'd realized maybe five minutes had passed and i don't know what had happened <laughs> some people really love it it cuts back and forth a lot toward the end of the movie. It's like, it's here, it's there, it's here, it's there, it's here, it's there. Yeah. But I enjoy it because it is it is kind of weird and silly. Yeah. I mean, it's not like there's... I, I enjoy weird and silly. Yeah. But at, at the time, you know, you had you had like um, all those Hong Kong movies. Right. Like, which were really intense. And that I think like, because um, uh, Evil Dead must have done really well. Because there's all that like new generation of Hong Kong directors like Choi Hark and Samo Hung and, and uh, they were doing these really energetic horror comedies uh, you know all the hopping vampire things and yeah and uh, they were like full on intense stuff and like Phantasm 2 feels so it's mild it's too slow yeah it's so restrained yeah it really is it's like you can you can really tell with like the chainsaw thing at the end it's so it holds back so much, you know. And this is studio interference, really, isn't it? Well, it could be, yeah. But, yeah, it just feels so mild. It's very mild. I always suspect that when something on screen looks like it's trying to do one thing and and it does a lesser thing instead, the first thing I think of is, oh, there's a room full of idiots <laughs> who don't know anything about writing or directing who are telling them what to write and how to direct yeah. it. Dreaded notes. The notes. They're always talking about the notes. it's terrible and you know when we do finally run that interview with bob with uh, joe bob briggs uh he talks a little bit about you know how there's so much technology that's not that expensive there should be more people making small movies with uh, freedom to do what you want to do 
but somehow there's not. <laughs> there must be. They must be out there. There's gotta They're be just some... not looking hard enough. <laughs> there's got to be some good stuff out there somewhere. There's been good horror movies recently. So back to the movie. Okay, Mike's, anyway. Mike suggests bedtime. Uh, Reg follows alchemy after her top comes off. So, you know, <laughs> he hasn't seen this much action since he was an ice cream man. Uh, that sounded bad, didn't it? Mm, that sounds much worse. <laughs> Rocket pop. <laughs> She'll get to that soon enough. <clears throat> so there's a psychic chat slash dream between uh, the other two, um, Mike and Elizabeth. And it just looks like they're missing out on all the fun because old, uh, old bald middle-aged ice cream man's getting, uh, getting a ride. Well, Alchemy's riding him. He's fully clothed. Yeah, and she's got her panties on. Yeah. And then she's... It appar- seems to be working for them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting off somehow. And, and she digs choking, apparently, because she's choking him and starts doing this weird rodeo move, whipping her hand around like she's got a lariat or something. And then, boom, the door grenade goes off. So, goes to show the door grenade was a good idea. Yeah, a bell would have worked. Uh, yeah, a tin can on some string. And then you just grab the quadruple barrel shotgun. You're already mm-hmm. fully clothed. Yeah. Maybe your ponytail's <laughs> undone, but that's the worst of it. Um, so, what the hell's going on downstairs? Well, um, Mike, Mike enters uh, the hall as does Reg. They've got the gun, the chainsaw. They go downstairs, and the door is gone, of course. And then there's something about, uh, I'm a 19-year-old kid, and you're a bald, middle-aged ice cream vendor. <laughs> I don't know why Mike throws that out there. I forget. That's cruel. It's just mean. It's, it's like, do you think Reg doesn't know all of these facts about himself? Jeez. Yeah, you know? They cut to alchemy looking out the windows. And then she finds the... Um, Let's see, she's looking out the window until she finds the one with the tall man hanging out right behind it, and he breaks the glass. Mm. Uh, the guy's did head you, up. And... Do any of the jumps in this movie work for you? There's a whole bunch of them. Well, the one in the beginning that looked like it was recycled from the first movie, um, I always expect it when a door with a mirror on it swings yeah. Yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And I would love to find out the first instance of this happening. There's tons of them. Oh, yeah. But the fact that the sinister looking tall man is behind him that one that yeah, one works for me in the first movie yeah. yeah it feels creepy it doesn't really surprise me because yeah. i'm expecting it this one the the timing or something is off because none of the jumps got me no Not for no you. no there were no jumps really the, dwar- the one of the dwarves i think is a little startling maybe but then if you go and you watch the brood those, the, the brood's awesome the, the, those uh, startle the hell out of me <laughs> The gross, goopy thing that grows out of her back was gross and yeah, a little was, unsettling. But it's so weird. That, that was that, about that was, it. That was cool. But nothing really but startled. Nothing startled me. In the shock jumps. No. No. no, I would say that's probably the shortcoming of this movie. Is the scares? Everything looks good. You know, as far as how it's filmed or whatever, you know, how the special effects are done. Everything looks good enough, but nothing does really startle. Yeah, the effects are good. It's got that soft 80s kind of photography. Yeah. Not keen on it. It could have been so much better. The rock video kind of photography. Yeah. (laughs) All they needed was some fog and a horse. Yeah. Gallop through. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so the the girl is, is, uh, is gone. The guys get upstairs and uh, 
they've heard the breaking glass. She's just gone and the hearse takes off. And um, Reg says, I'll get the gear. And, uh, oh, wait, Alchemy is actually still here. It's Elizabeth who's gone, which was kind of weird. Yeah, Alchemy gets out to the hearse, doesn't she? Yeah. So it, there was a, it seemed like a little switcheroo. Maybe some notes from the executives. Yeah. Again, I times like did I stop paying attention or did I black out again? It's my drinking out of control. Yeah, Elizabeth has to be constantly in peril so that they can go and rescue her. Yeah, is alchemy too strong and, and we don't feel any risk with yeah, her? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather be watching alchemy. Yeah. So Reggie is is uh, stuck. Oh, there's another explosion here. Holy crap. Um, <laughs> some explosions. I'm, I'm reading ahead of my notes. I have a... some explosions. Finally, they uh, the end. Oh, they okay. trap one of the balls to open a doorway, and they see oh, yeah. the portal to another dimension. Oh, but yada, you're gonna leave yada, out. Don't leave out, the, don't leave out the best part in the crematorium. Reg replaces the yellow goop with oh, some hydrochloric the, uh... acid. <laughs> blah blah blah. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. You, you cannot. Will I will not allow you to gloss over what happens in the crematorium. Uh, one of the mullet twins has Just, has Elizabeth on a gurney, right? Kind of tied down, and he's smashing bits of bone that have been burned in the. Uh, oh yeah, oven. that's right. Do you remember? Do you remember the the urn? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it say Sam Raimi? It yes. does. And as Jolien pointed out, he's pouring ash into <laughs> into the oh. urn. Oh, <laughs> so you got ash. And Sam Raimi. He's double the laughs. Double the laughs, bringing the total up to two. (laughs) So many layers of humor here. But the, um, I'm surprised the, the, the mullet twin doesn't singe his mullet working with these furnaces. I don't know. He probably has some flame retardant combs into it. Maybe a hair net. So, so this is the bit where he, uh, he puts her on the conveyor belt. Right. And she has plenty of time to like, jump off this uh, belt yeah but when she sticks him on it he's like he can't he do right anything yeah he's not he's not tied down or anything no so he's really inept is what it comes down to i guess maybe it goes faster right there at the end maybe subconsciously he's got this desire to be trapped in a furnace, furnace. maybe now will you jumped ahead to the hydrochloric acid yep um Spoilers. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> there it is. It's obviously not going to work the same as, as the yellow goop. No. Because it seldom does. Hydrochloric acid's pretty much got one purpose, and that's burning stuff. Yeah. The yellow goop, I think, keeps you alive in the interdimensional travel. And, and it's good in lemon meringues. It mm. does look like lemon goop, doesn't Damn. it? Damn. I'm um, hungry. <laughs> Well, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Hopefully there will be some yellow goop somewhere on yeah. the f- table. Just like mom used to make. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, until Reg came along and put hydrochloric acid in and killed the whole family. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned the interdimensional keyhole slot chrome ball deal. Yeah. That was pretty clever. They figured it out. Yes. And they caught the one. Yeah, so, so, they, so there's the, uh, the ball that flies around and... and uh, for some reason, it nails one of the the mullet twins. Oh, that's right! It sticks in his hand and yeah, chops his it, hand. It doesn't. Off. It doesn't stop. It doesn't leave him alone. It, it like carries on and nails him. 
to, to a duel. Yeah. Now, cutting his own hand off, was that another nod to the Evil Dead? Could be. Came out the year before, Evil uh, Dead 2. Right. Came out in 87, right? Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I had to wonder that with the with the uh, Sam Raimi thing, and then you pointed out the Ash thing, and then I started thinking, yeah, that, that works. So, many layers. That's three laughs, Will. There's three layers. <laughs> it's... <clears throat> It's like a seven-layer dip, only three layers. So, so he gets hold of the ball out of this poor guy's hand and, and uses it to open the dimensional door. Which turns out to be a horrible idea. It's, a, it's like a vacuum. Yeah, Reg gets knocked in there. And it's kind he... of photonegative-y, red <laughs> hell. And is it some kind of mirror effect they've got where there's kind of a... You've got those two pillars. Uh-huh. And then people, you go between the pillars and you go into this other dimension. Yeah. And they film it. They they kind of lock off the camera so that people can go between the pillars and they kind of disappear into space. Mm-hmm. Is that a mirror or something they use? I imagine, yeah. Or some piece of scenery that looks like the background. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It looks like a mirror effect from one of those fairground. Yeah, yeah. that's probably Headless, what they did. Living head things. Be the easiest. They, they way. did what was cheap. They oh, opened an actual works. rift yeah. between worlds. <laughs> they, re- they read from this book bound in human flesh. That's where two million of the budget went. <laughs> right. Hey, human flesh isn't cheap. Got to get that stuff on the black market. So that was kind of cool. Um, you got the interdimensional thing. Did we see any of that in the first one? Yeah. Get, Did they do that? I think so. Yeah, you get glimpses of the, the other dimension. Yeah. I looked it up. It's online to watch Phantasm 1, but I didn't get around to watching it. Because after this, I watched The Fun House, which was so much better, and I wish I had picked it instead. We can do that. <clears throat> was was my $4 well spent? Oh, yes. <laughs> Just for that movie alone. No, that was like a dollar per movie. Yeah. I haven't uh, watched the other disc with... <laughs> How many S's is it? Like seven or eight? Seven? Seven. Um, <laughs> what's the other one on there? Oh, Serpent in the Rainbow. Another s- Serpent, Serpent in the, the Rainbow. Rainbow. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was a uh, f- for anybody who didn't listen to the, to the previous episode. Why? Why what? weren't you listening? What the hell's wrong with you? Stop now and go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll wait. Uh, yeah, I bought a DVD for four bucks that had four movies on it, including Phantasm 2. The Search for Curly's Gold. <laughs> yes. Which is funny because I think that was on an ad on the Twonky DVD I watched as well. Yeah, really? My, yes. My, my copy is on, uh, who, who put this one out? Oh, Universal. So it's a DVD just for this movie. Universal, you're the guys who screwed this up in the first place. Well, they came out with all those classics back in the 30s. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Anyway, Other Dimension... Some- other yeah. dimension, uh, Reg almost falls in. They Let's wrap him. this up. Elizabeth's tied to a gurney. The tall man's going to fill her full of yellow goop. Um, something, uh, something she, happens. She sticks him with the embalming needle, and he. But gets... first, one of them, I think, 
Michael pulls the ball out of the socket in the wall and throws it at the oh, tall yeah. man. Okay. And it sticks in his head and a bunch of goop comes flying out. Right. Yeah. And then he grabs the ball and crumples it up like tinfoil. Yes. Right. And then he gets stabbed in the back with the big needle and filled with hydrochloric acid slash yellow goop. Yes. And it begins melting. What a world. Right. What a world. There's the part where they're escaping. Now they leave, the hearse pulls up, and it's Kimmy or Alchemy. And there's much celebrating in the hearse. They notice there's a coffin in the back. Oh no. They check it and there's nothing in it. Yeah. So they're very they're very relieved until Alchemy rips part of her hair slash scalp off and laughs. So there's much screaming, swerving. The two in the back are yelling. Um, I felt kind of sad at that point because, you know, you know, Reggie, he's this middle-aged guy and, and his fantasies come true. He's got a muscle car, he's got a penthouse pet, and then she turns out to be this undead. Timeless story, really. <laughs> they say there's only seven stories to tell. That is one of them. <laughs> the undead penthouse pet. Well, we can't get this far without the punchline. Uh, Mike says... It's just a dream. It's just a dream. And the yeah. tall man pops up. No, no it's, it's not. not. <laughs> yes. Uh, the glass. Which must have shocked everyone in the 80s who, who hadn't seen any Elm Street. Or any movies before. And the tall man drags him through a tiny door, <laughs> a tiny window in the <laughs> middle of the front door. Which so, they had to refilm for the trailer so it wouldn't give it away. Right. Uh, in the trailer, that same scene is in the uh, mausoleum. Oh, got it. So we got through this whole crazy thing, and it's all over the place. It, all, all kinds of crazy stuff is happening. We get to the end, which kind of feels like it's been left open for a sequel. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Did they intend to make a sequel? Well, that's SOP in the like 80s, you know. Everything was kind of open-ended. Everything is yeah. about the franchise. It's like, crazy thing happens, roll credits. Yeah. You know, bubbles coming up from the swamp. Sure, why not? Michael Myers is gone. Stuff like that. It seemed like the thing to do. Yeah. Actually, that was the 70s, technically. Yeah, it was close enough. Yeah. It, 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 it showed on cable a lot in the 80s. Yeah. So we were all very familiar with it. On the rewatch, how did you feel about it, Will? Did it feel like you wasted your time? <laughs> did it feel like it was kind of a fun it was, watch? It was kind of fun. It, uh, it could have definitely been better. Yeah. Um, I I you know... I, I got the feeling kind of to reminisce about how crazy it was to watch the first time, not knowing what the hell it was or what was going mm-hmm. on. In more innocent times yeah. when everything was a surprise. Yeah. And the characters get you through. The, the characters are pretty so good. Likeable. It, I don't know if it could use an edit or something. There's just parts that don't quite work. I think it, part of it is too linear. Yeah, yeah, more more energy to it. Yeah, because there's a lot where they're running around in the mausoleum that seems to drag and drag and drag. So this could be fault in editing. It could be fault in too much studio interference. I mean, there there could be a better cut of this made from what's already there on screen. Yeah. So it seems. Um, who do you think gave the best performances in this? Well, f- let me ask it this way. What did you think of James LaGrosse? He was all right. He seemed okay. He was a young guy. Yeah. He seemed to have some chops for a guy his age. How about Reggie? Yeah, I like him. Yeah, Reggie's pretty good. Yeah. Um, which, uh, <laughs> that's his real name. 
Reggie. Yeah. He's got it easy. He doesn't have to. The silver mall was great, but the gold ball <laughs> the gold. really chewed the scenery. <laughs> when they weren't chewing foreheads. I liked Angus Scrim, of course, because he was so sinister. And and I think Reggie's been consistent throughout the movies. He seems to just say, like, yeah, here's who I am. This is what I do. I sell yeah. ice cream and I kill interdimensional <laughs> devils. And I have fully clothed sex, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> with women half my age his uh the actor's wife was on set for that scene i understand oh, no. really? yeah oh no she, that was the, the on. that was the only time she was on set it sounded like was, <laughs> oh you're doing what today oh well oh. i'm coming with you oh. arms folded toe tapping <laughs> which <laughs> staring at him having read that and then watched it he seems kind of like <laughs> that he he's got this look in his eye kind of like <laughs> I know. You, I shouldn't you can be doing feel her this. off screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems a little awkward and added a little awkwardness <laughs> to the whole thing. If you get a boner, you're getting a divorce, buddy. <laughs> Something like that. Julian, how did you feel about the performances in this? Yeah, I thought they fine. Yeah. It seemed all right, huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I like to, you know, I like the characters and people involved. Um, so if you were to change one thing about this movie to make it better, what what would you choose? Um, gloves off. Gloves off, just... Just go for it. Go for it, yeah. Go yeah. really extreme and crazy. Yeah. And not explain it. Yes, definitely. No explanations. Yeah. Just, you know, assault the audience and it just felt so comfortable. Yeah, which is nice, you know. I followed the whole Phantasm series so far because you know you like the characters and yeah. Um, but yeah, it just didn't have any oomph to it. Yeah, I think it needed more house explosions and more nudity. Oh, always more nudity. Yeah, I mean, what the hell, Reg? Why are your clothes on? <laughs> um. So, uh, would you recommend this to somebody who's like, oh, I need a horror movie from the '80s to watch? Really. No, I don't think so. Not really? No, and and all the horror movies of the 80s I'd choose would be from the first half. Okay. So in place of recommending this one, what's something similar you would recommend? The first one. First one, yeah. The first movie, okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it's a really fun Halloween-y movie. I have recommended... Um, Bubba Hotep. Yeah, that's excellent. I've recommended but, that to that a lot of people. Is that from the 90s? Or is that is, 2000s? I think that's late 90s or early 2000s, but either way, what a great movie. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and it just goes to show that Don Coscarelli can do a lot if you let him. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has gotten a little caught up in trying to... It's kind of like uh, the story about um, Guns N' Roses making that Chinese democracy album. <laughs> It's just been polished until it's too polished and it's just not, there's no energy to it. Hmm. And and I fear that that's what happens if you get too crazy about the movie you're making and then you get other people interfering. It seems to be the deal. Uh, this is probably a good place to mention uh, if you, if you have crazy pictures that you want to post or share or whatever, Instagram is a great place for that. Um, I understand we're now on Instagram. We are, and uh, we kept it easy to find. We're, we are chewing the scenery. So you go to Instagram, chewing the scenery is us. 
and we only have four pictures posted so far and we only have a couple of followers, but it's only been 24 hours. <laughs> I decided I better get this thing <laughs> up and running before. We're hoping two more by the end of the week. Yes. And if everybody in Brazil. <laughs> Fingers crossed. And everybody in the Netherlands and Japan who's listening uh, would just follow us on Instagram. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. There'll be some great pictures. We got a few celebrity pictures on there. We'll eventually take a picture of us, I think. So people could say, no, please. I, no. I, I pictured that one being <laughs> full of curly red hair. And this one was going to have crazy teeth. No. Male models, all of us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let me, let me bounce something off of my abs. Um, if you go to iTunes, dear listeners, and you rate, review, and subscribe, that will help other people find us. Tell your friends or and or rate, review, and subscribe. We do want to thank the Moonrays for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. Yes. They are such fun. And by the way, last weekend, TCM showed Experiment in Terror. Oh, no kidding. So that, that theme music. The Henry Mancini Henry composition. Mancini, yeah. Ah. Now, the version that we have from the Moonrays was used as an intro to a, um, a horror show uh, called Creature Features in Chicago back in the early 70s. Mm. But the original composition was Henry Mancini, and it is so cool. Yeah. Have you, have you seen that film? No, I'm not. It's, it's kind of 60s noir. I'll have to check yeah, it It's out. kind of a transition from noir to you know, like yellow sort of movies. Ah. Uh, What's you it can, called? You can see all this influence from David Lynch. and What's you know, it called? Uh, Experiment in Terror. Okay. Uh, Blake Edwards. Oh, okay. 1962. I'll check it out. And the two of them worked together, of course, on the Pink Panther movies. Mm-hmm. He had Mancini's yeah, music. Yeah, Mancini was in yeah. tons of his movies. Yeah. yeah, so they worked well together. Uh, so for next time, did did we all kind of have uh, good feelings about these wintry movies we're going to go into? Yeah, we're going to do wintry and then Christmas. Yes. I think, I think there's only three movies. I think <laughs> we can just watch three Christmas movies. Um, well, Winter we, continues after Christmas. We could either... Like do a a wintry movie one and like do like Dead Snow and The Shining and stuff, and then pick our own favorite Christmas horror movies. And that Krampus movie is going to be coming out. I, I uh, let's see if I have a calendar here. I'll give you a best yeah, guess. Krampus seems to be in this year. There's been like there's been yeah. two director videos so far. And then there's the Krampus itself coming out soon. Right. And uh, was the other? There's another one, isn't there? Christmas horror story or something. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not keeping up with the Krampus movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should be interesting um, to see how they handle the material because I'm sure it's easy to screw it up. Uh, I used to. They used, there was this book which was all of. Uh, it was all Krampus artwork from like old German postcards. Christmas cards from yeah. Like, like Victorian times and stuff, really creepy things. I used to order that in all the time at the art place we used to work mm-hmm. at. Yeah. It sold out every Christmas. Really creepy stuff. Uh, it opens December 3rd. That's that's what I was going to guess. My but... birthday. Well, happy early birthday. We'll take you to Krampus. Excellent. <laughs> all right, let's do it. It's either, if it opens on a Wednesday, it'll be the 2nd. If it opens on a Friday, it'll be the 4th. So it's right around your birthday, Julian. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's we should go. do that. 
It'll it'll be like a field trip for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We well, could write it off on our taxes. We'll sit there talking in the theater until we get thrown out. We'll talk very soft. <laughs> and now, <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna open the door. I wouldn't open it. He has hooves. Look at his hooves. Spoilers. What do they call hooves in England, Julian? <laughs> we call them round feet. <laughs> yes, we call them great toenails. Um, so stuff like Dead Snow, The Shining, 30 Days of Night. So we'll talk wintry because there's a little bit of flurries coming down right now the night before Thanksgiving when we're recording this. Yeah. It'll be fun. So we thanked the Moonrays already. Um, but most importantly, we thank you, the listeners, for listening to us. And we are going to be talking at you in a week. So until then... Stay off the moors. Stay off the moors. And thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Good night.